The Dr. Chris Griffin Show, Season 1, Episode 15. An expert is a man who has made all the mistakes which can be made in a very narrow field. Now, who said that? Welcome to the Dr. Chris Griffin Show, your resource for leveraging systems and technology to ease your workload, increase productivity, and provide you with the time off you deserve to live the life of your dreams. It's time to practice productivity and the passionate pursuit of a better life with your host, Dr. Chris Griffin. The doctor is in. Let me tell you guys, anytime I get a chance to to throw out a quote from a theoretical physicist, I'm going to take that chance because, uh, you know, it's just not every day that overlaps with the world of dentistry. But here you go. This That quote was by none other than world-famous Dr. Niels Bohr. Now, Niels Bohr was a theoretical physicist, like I said. Uh, he's from Denmark. And, I mean, this guy's done, he did so much. I mean, this guy developed all these theories about physics back in, uh, back in the 20s, you know, then along come, and he wins the Nobel Prize, by the way, for all that. Then along comes World War II. The guy fights the Nazis. The Nazis get after him. He runs away to Sweden. Then he ends up in England. He becomes part of the Manhattan Project that won, eventually won World War II for the Americans. And then after that, you know, it's just off to the races. He, he uh, founds the Niels Bohr Institute in Copenhagen, and uh, it just goes on and on from there. So this is one of the smartest guys that ever lived on the face of the planet. Now, why did I throw that quote out? Well, because today's show is a lot about being an expert uh, and what to do if you are an expert. And recently, I did a project with Penny Reed. Now, Penny is someone I've known forever. Of course, I'm about to introduce her in a minute uh, on what I'm going to share with you. But uh, we've for years wanted to do a project together. But, you know, hey, we both coached dentists. It seemed like we were going to compete with each other just seemed odd and weird and so we could never find really a way to do that until now so we we both have a passion for motivational speaking and just speaking in general Uh, and both of us have kind of pulled ourselves up from the bootstraps and become speakers in this dental field just you know basically on the force of our will and so we wanted to share with everyone how that we did it and how that we think it's very possible that there's a formula that you could follow and you could also become an expert in this field and a speaker and author and all that stuff if you want to. So we held a live training on April 19th. So I just took the body of that live training, which I did have to edit it a little bit because let me tell you, there were some some comedy of errors, just a lot of crazy stuff happened with me having to update Apple right before the webinar because of something that I don't know why, and then I had some conflicts with the webinar program. And anyway, I did a lot of editing, but I got it down to a reasonable time frame. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share this training with you guys. I hope you get a lot out of it. If you're interested at all in being an expert in the field, this is for you. Okay. If you want to hear about implants and, and fillings and stuff like that, hey, Maybe just fast forward to next week, but I think there are a lot of people out there who are interested in this topic, and so I'm really proud to share it. Please forgive the audio quality. Like I said, it had some crazy technical difficulties, but uh, we fought through it, and the content is just killer. Okay, so I'll see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Chris Griffin, and welcome. Now, you are in the right place tonight if you are looking for the training 
on the top seven mistakes that dental speakers make when launching their careers. Now, I know this is a little bit of a different topic. Usually on these uh, training webinars, we're talking about, you know, improving your dentistry and all this stuff. Well, tonight, this is a special thing that's just for dental professionals, and we're trying to help as many people as we can learn about this, this career. Now, let me throw a little stat out at you, okay? There are about 130,000 general dentists in America. There are about 1 million dental professionals that support the dental industry. Now, if you think about it, there are about 2,000 speakers in the USA that focus primarily on just speaking to dentists, okay? That means that less than one-tenth of 1% 1 of all the dental professionals out there have taken advantage of this opportunity that we're talking about tonight, this amazing opportunity for a second income, a second career in some cases, and, and just a whole lot of significance and contribution to our profession. So by the end of the session tonight, you're gonna know what that top one-tenth of 1% 1 know, or what, or tonight really kind of what they don't know, but as we go through that, You'll learn also what they do know that allow for this type of opportunity to happen. Now tonight, in a minute, I'm going to talk about our, our co-host, Penny Reed, and I'm going to explain why she is the absolutely perfect person to be part of this training with us. But, uh, but right now, hey, Penny, are you there with us? I, I'm excited about being here uh, with you tonight, and boy, I think we've pretty much got both of the uh, both ends of the spectrum covered for the dental professionals with you being a dentist and me being a former office manager. I'm super excited about working on this project with you. Uh, Chris, I would, I'd like to tell them how we met. Can I tell them that story? Hey, go for it. All right. Yeah, I, I remember pretty much the time when we first met by phone because my daughter, who will be 17 this summer, hard to believe, was about eight weeks old. And uh, Dr. Griffin had called. Uh, he'd been in practice for a, a, probably a little bit over a year because, Chris, it looks like you graduated from dental school in around 98. And uh, he, he called me and asked about us possibly working together. And I said, you know, I've got this sweet little baby that I'm enamored with. And presently, I'm, I'm not taking any new clients. But he wound up uh, working with another one of our team members, which was awesome. And then I did get the opportunity uh, to work with him. And boy, uh, he has, I knew he had the potential. He has really exceeded the expectations that I think most uh, dentists in dental school would. Um, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and brag on you a little bit. Um, I believe your first speaking engagement occurred in 2002 uh, in Houston, Texas. And uh, some of you may or may not know that Dr. Griffin started out wanting to be an engineer. Is that right, Chris? That is true. That is true. That is true, right. So uh, what's, what's awesome about this and, and what really has helped build his dental business outside of his practice is the expertise that he has in efficiency. He thinks differently than some of the rest of us do, which is great. That means we have a lot to learn from him. And then he founded in 2008 Effective Dentistry LLC and the Capacity Academy, and he teaches his concepts both of the clinical efficiency and practice management uh, to other 
dental offices, and he's spoken all over the country. And what else I think is really cool is uh, Dr. Griffin hosts AGD-approved hands-on training courses at his practice in the metropolis of Ripley, Mississippi, uh, which I actually have relatives that live in Ripley, Mississippi, which is neither here nor there. Uh, and dozens of dentists, and, and I know that they brought some team members with them, so I'm sure hundreds of dental professionals have traveled from across the United States and Canada to Ripley, Mississippi, to learn from him. So uh, he has got a lot to offer expertise-wise, not only as a presenter, uh, but also as a meeting planner and uh, dental business coach. So I'm super excited to be working on this project with you, Chris. Yeah, you know, it's uh, ever since that fateful night uh, 17 years ago when Penny rejected me, when I was <laughs> reaching out for help and begging her for help with my brand new practice, you know, uh, it's, like, uh, it's time for us to finally work together. But hey, uh, it's finally happened, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, you know, Penny, it is amazing to me. I think we have had dentists down here that have traveled. I mean, like you said, Ripley population six thousand. Uh, we've got all. I don't know how many, I don't even know how many provinces there are, but I believe all the provinces in Canada have been represented here in uh, over half the states, and it is a, a shocking if you think about that. Um, wow. You mentioned 2002, just a quick little tiny story about that. I owe all my speaking career really to Howard Friend uh, because he was on the front row in 2002 when I gave my first presentation. And I was so, you know, exhilarating that I looked down about five minutes and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, Howard Friend, one of my heroes on the front row. Howard Friend is dead asleep, arms folded, head back about 50. <laughs> minutes into the one hour lecture, he starts to audibly snore. So he is snoring and snorting. The people around him are looking and laughing and they're just sort of chuckling and poking. Hey, look at Howard, you know, and I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awful. I'm going to die. I'm never going to speak again. And, uh, it's, and so I end my presentation, you know, mercifully, the slides go black. The next guy's getting on the stage and Howard snaps to attention, wakes up, stands up on the front row, turns to this crowd of about a hundred dentists and, and, and starts waving his arms up in the air like a basketball player to give me a standing ovation. And he turns around and gives me the loudest standing ovation I've ever heard. And from that moment on, I was absolutely hooked on this crazy thing, right? That's um, awesome. So, so no matter what Howard Friend does the rest of his career, and he is a little bit, uh, you know, he can be a little kooky at times, uh, He's aces in my book, and I'll be, you know, I'll be his his guy from now on. But Penny, if you don't know Penny, let me tell you, you are in for a treat tonight. Because now Penny, like she has done it all. She's been an off, you know, office manager extraordinary. Now, a lot of people on this call, you guys may be some there may be some office. I think there are, in fact, I know there are some office managers out there who who signed up for this thing. Now she went, she was so amazing at that, of course, she got a little taste of this stuff and she, she ventured out into coaching uh, and it's turned into now she's an author. Um, she's been a dental management consultant, obviously more than 17 years. She began her career in 1992, like I said, as, a, as the manager from 94 to 2001, she was a franchise owner and a director of training for, for a dental management company that was founded by none other than Tony Robbins. And that's the one, that's when I called her, trying to get her to help me. 
uh, you know, Tony Robbins is the big tall guy with the great smile you see on late night TV. So then in 2001, she launched her own dental coaching business. You know, hey, God bless you, Penny. You know, dealing with dentists, if you're, if the majority of your income comes from dealing with us every day of the week, God bless you. You know, if you're a dentist, you know, you know how hard, you, difficult you can be to deal with sometimes. Uh, she has written articles by now for most of the major dental publications. Uh, and she's been speaking to audiences all across America, too, since 1999. Uh, Penny is also a longstanding professional member of the National Speakers Association. And the book that she wrote, which I am currently holding in my fingers, is, can you hear me flipping the pages? Is Growing Your Dental Business. Okay? It's a really good book. I can honestly say I have read this book, maybe not every word, Penny, but I have read a good bit of it. <laughs> and uh, it is pretty awesome. Uh, you've got some good quotes in here, too, from some dentists that I know. So I thought that was pretty good. And uh, as a result of all this work she's put in, her clients are more focused, they earn more, and they have more confidence about their business, and they have happier teams to support them. And that's a big thing, too, I think, having happier teams, because it certainly makes your life better when you have a happy team. So uh, so that's it, Penny. Your head's probably gigantic by now. Um, it, it really is. My headset's a little bit tight, but I guess we'll we'll keep on going here. Okay. Uh, thank you for, for all of those kind things. And it, it really is amazing how this journey has led us both here. And, and really, I think, in a nutshell, and, and I won't necessarily read this uh, next slide all, all together immediately for you, but here's why I'm so excited about tonight's course. And that is when I think back to 1997, probably, when I approached my first meeting planner and walked, you know, took a big deep breath, swallowed hard, and walked up and said, I was exhibit at that meeting. I said, I would love to be a speaker at, at one of your meetings in the future. And he was like, well, oh, really? And it was, what, what do you speak on? And I, I don't even remember what I said. It probably didn't make a whole lot of sense. But now rolling forward and with many of the conversations that Dr. Griffin and I have had together, our whole role in putting this course together uh, and, and this training together is to save you not only the pain and I would say some of the embarrassment probably of some of the things that I said and, and maybe was just lucky enough or nice enough to get booked anyway, uh, but also costly mistakes, um, you know, time is money that we made when we were launching our speaking career. So um, I think we're going to have a great time tonight. Uh, stay with us, uh, you know, through to the very end. We're packed a lot of tips in here for you. And uh, Chris, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add before we tell them what mistake number one is. Well, from my point of view, what I would like to see everyone, everyone that gets into this field, um, and by the way, I see a couple of people signed in that I know really well. So uh, if you're on and I know you really well, hey, uh, it's good to, good to see you signed in. Um, but by the end of the night, I would really like to see everyone that wants to get into this field be able to conquer the fears and doubts that hold you back, you know, from pursuing what I think is an amazing opportunity that's fun, is profitable, is significant, and, I, and you really feel like you're doing a, a wonderful service of contribution to your profession. 
that is absolutely what I would like to see happen. Um, now, also now, of course, you read if you're ready to get into the, uh, we probably need to get into the seven mistakes. Time is time is uh, is going by, but um, I feel like what Penny and I are trying to do is really pull back the curtains that a lot of people are afraid to to share and don't wish to share. Uh, with people because, hey, like I said, there's only 2,000 speakers out there. That's less than one-tenth of one percent. So a lot of people don't want you to know what's going on. Well, Penny and I have been there mm-hmm. done that. We want you to know what's going on. So uh, hang tight. And at the end of these seven mistakes tonight, we're also going to give you a, a place where you can go grab tonight's slides. So I, I, I encourage you to take a lot of notes. But absolutely, uh, we'll give you the resources you need at the end of the night to get what you need. So, hey, you ready to jump into these? Absolutely. Okay, so mistake number one. Now, if you're on tonight's call, there is a good chance that you are in possession of the, uh, what I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to go right out and say, I think one of the best special reports ever written, right? The, uh, <laughs> the report that Penny and I wrote about how to define or pinpoint the absolutely perfect topic that can make you a sought-after dental speaker. Uh there's so many people out there when I'm sure Penny will back me up on this. Uh, uh, when I'm going to speak, a lot of times you'll speak, right? You'll speak for a couple hours, four hours, eight hours, sometimes if you will, at the end of the thing, there's always going to be four or five people come up. They want to talk to you, ask you questions. Most of the time it's about what you just spoke about. And there's always somebody, maybe a couple of people kind of lurking behind that initial group. And once you're through answering those questions, they'll sort of come up to you and the question that they usually ask is, um, how could I learn to do what you just did? I would really like to get into this field, but I just don't know how. And so it, inevitably, what I will do is I'll say, okay, uh, well, hey, what, uh, what's your message? What do you talk about? And the response I get, um, usually, oh, oh, I can talk about a lot of stuff. I, we do a lot of stuff that's really good and awesome, you know. Um, but that's pro- the that's problem. That's the mistake right there. Most, if you can't clearly define, like carve out a, like a micro niche, if you will, of, a, of an area of expertise, then it's going to be really hard for you to get your foot in the door because you're going to just, you know, you're going to look like just whatever else, you know, the same old, same old copycat stuff that everyone's talking about. Uh, For me, myself, I would say when I was picking out a niche, um, I was really passionate about people, you know, not succumbing to this idea that anybody anywhere can have a really high-end, expensive, uh, boutique-type practice, right? And so we developed a way where you could make a really high amount of income just seeing regular folks. And so I chose dental efficiency and uh, productivity as sort of my niche. Now, you know, looking back, I picked out, I certainly picked out a a very micro niche. There was not a lot of competition. Uh, I feel like there's a reasonable chance I've climbed near the top of the heap of people that are trying to talk about that. Uh, But the the downside is, of course, that's not a huge niche. So, you know, I'm not getting... I'm not getting the, the, you know, I'm not the guy that's talking about implants, like the number one implant guy, but if somebody's looking for a productivity guy, I'm on the short list almost every time. Now, Penny, I know you've got stories just like that, right? 
Oh, absolutely. And, and one of the things that I think about, too, uh, that I want to reemphasize about, about Chris's background and knowledge is that you've, you've put on some pretty big meetings in the past where you've hosted other speakers. And as a meeting planner, you want to know that the message that your, uh, your speakers that you're bringing in to present, that it's, that it's relevant and that they're going to do a great job. It doesn't matter necessarily how much you like them, <laughs> um, but they need to be crystal clear about what the message is that, that can be presented. The other thought that I had, too, is I can remember years ago thinking, what would I need to speak about in order to get booked instead of, or what would I enjoy speaking about? instead of what am I knowledgeable about that I have a lot of enthusiasm for. Because you can create a program based on something that's popular, and if you don't enjoy presenting it, one of the worst things that can happen is that they actually do book you, because it's not fun. Uh, so I think it, it needs to be, just like in that perfect topic guide, it needs to be something that you... Uh, have knowledge of that you can be clear and concise with, and also that you've got a, a passion and enthusiasm for. Yeah, I mean, uh, so like you said, I mean, for uh, for several years, I hosted a three-day multi-speaker event, and I, I was so proud when I would uh, go out and I was able to bring in a speaker maybe that had not had a lot of experience, maybe they're new on the scene, and uh, I felt like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I hate to brag, but there are a few people that I feel like I, I saw their value maybe before other people did. Uh, in fact, there are a few people who I hired to speak at that event that went on to, I mean, way bigger and better things. And you see them, you know, you see their picture all the time and they're, they're speaking here and there. And I'm so proud. I mean, I'm super proud of them. Hey, a lot of them are doing better than me, right? I mean, they're, they're more in demand than I am. So, uh, nothing made me happier than just having the opportunity to, to introduce really talented people to the world. Uh, but as a meeting planner, let me tell you, the last thing I wanted to do was put another guy up on the stage that's talking about implants or, you know, uh, cosmetic dentistry, just generically. I don't care how famous you were. There should always be some sort of little niche. And that leads us to... Our next slide. So the second mistake that we see people making so many times is by not positioning their message properly. And that's what we've been talking about, right? So just having a little bit of knowledge about a message, it is not the same thing as mastering it. And one of Penny's favorite words is you got to become a ninja on the topic, right? You need to know things that most people don't know. You need to know things that people can't find by picking up dental economics or dentistry today. You need to know the little ins and outs. You have to be so knowledgeable. I mean, like if you're not ready to like have an open Q and A uh, at the end of your lecture, I think you're probably not prepared enough. But, but truthfully, Penny, I think if you pick a proper niche that's small enough that you can absolutely master it, you can master it pretty quickly, right? Because if you're, if you're going Instead of, you know, a lot of people, they want to do something so broad and have this gigantic reach, speak to the whole world, right? Uh, that's just really hard. It's really hard to just stick your claws in there and get noticed. But if you just go like a, an inch wide in your interest, but you go a mile deep 
on how much you know it and how much you've mastered it. And one thing that I've always thought I had a great advantage on was I use my dental office really as my laboratory. So if there's an idea I have, like, I mean, it's just throwing something totally off the wall. Like I wanted to learn more about 3D printing. So what I do, I bought a 3D printer for my dental office and I've been making 3D dentures and all kind of crazy stuff. I mean, I, I haven't mastered it enough to really want to go out and talk about it yet. But if I have an interest in a topic that I think I might want to talk about someday, I use my office as a laboratory uh, to experiment uh, and stuff like that. So uh, what do you think? What, so what are your thoughts about positioning your message? Oh, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And, and I was, again, thinking about you, you took what you were naturally good at and had the instinct for with the clinical efficiency and really turned it into, it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't as if you set out to get good at it so you could talk about it. You set out to, to get great at it and improve upon it uh, because it helped you. And then you were able to speak from, uh, from experience, which sort of leads into our, our next mistake, uh, you know, uh, coming up here. But having the positioning so that people would say, you know, Dr. Chris Griffin speaks on clinical efficiency. He, sp he speaks on being able to produce the same or more in less time, which I do think is probably the American dream for most dentists, even though I know that's not the, well, I think that's the American dream period, right? We want to uh, make more money and less. That's, that's the symbol of America. So um, I will, I'll head on down the road here with mistake number three, uh, which, which does tie in, uh, actually these all sort of tie in together, uh, but not having the expertise. And, and let me say this first. If you don't quite have it yet, it doesn't mean you might not get it. So in other words, oftentimes people have the expertise, but they think that they don't. So think about relevant examples. And, and when you think about your wording, you want to talk in terms of what you have done. You know, this is what we've done in our office versus this is what we've thought about doing or, you know, we've tried this and we've tried that and we're not really sure what works. Think, of, think about a, a legal proceeding, right? And in, in as positive of a term as you can, but when an attorney prepares for a case, they put together their evidence. So we're not saying put together slides that look like chemical, chemical equations so that you'll put everybody to sleep, but your audience wants to know um, they want to know that what you're talking about works. So it, either how it's worked in your business or in your practice, how you've seen it work in other people's practices. Uh, so, you know, have that background. Talk about how your background can relate to, uh, and your experiences can relate to their office. Uh, one of the things that, that I like to do, and maybe it's just because I, I have a great time making fun of myself, it, it eases a little bit of my nerves when I'm speaking, but I'll talk about how my, even though I had a management degree, had been in management with a really large retail company, had been in IT, when I got in the dental office, a lot of that, expert, I didn't have the expertise there yet, so I've made almost every mistake that an administrative person could ever make. I've called patients that had dentures to schedule them for their next cleaning. Uh, so, you know, I can talk about 
learning things the hard way, right? All the mistakes that I've made, it sort of puts me on that even playing field because I've been there. Uh, so I think oftentimes if you can show them your uh, you can show them your expertise because you can show them that, hey, there was a time when you didn't have it all figured out. And here's how you've improved things, and they can do the exact same thing. So you want to show them uh, that, that you've learned from your mistakes or that you've learned from others' mistakes and that you've got real solutions that they can implement. And, and by doing that, uh, that proves that you have the expertise. So in, anything, Chris, that you can think of that you want to add to that one? No, I think, I think you, uh, you nailed that down exactly right. I mean, um, I think that, I think obviously real world expertise probably trumps everything else, but there's no reason why you can't start out learning, you know, just dive into a topic and then build towards getting some real world expertise before you, you march your platform out to the world. And so I, I think if we want to move on along here and keep things moving on, boy, not being clear about honorariums, that, that almost, if I could give a dental correlation to that, that's the patient asking, well, how much is that going to cost me, right? Or calling up on the phone and saying, what do you charge for a crown? So uh, obviously, we would assume that most of you that are participating in this with us either either tonight or in the replay that that you'd like to speak to make a little additional income or a lot of additional income so you need to be clear uh, about a couple of things and and I've had this conversation with up-and-coming speakers before what should I charge what's the going rate um, I would say uh, that the going rate is anywhere from zero to twenty thousand dollars a day would you say that's about right Chris yeah, uh, but you know, uh, it's true now. Uh, I I have some friendships with people who are, you know, top five uh, paid speakers in, in the country. And um, the top rate has certainly gone down over the last few years. Uh, mm -hmm. you, $12,500 a day is probably right at tops right now. You could, I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you have a guy that if he doesn't do much and he, uh, you know, he, he, he just is going to charge what he wants to charge. And if you want him, you're going to pay it. You know, you could get a guy that's $20,000, but, uh, you know, the top dogs out there are making about ten to 12500 a day. And, you know, when you're starting out, certainly, hey, you just want to get your name out there. And so uh, a lot of times you'll do that for free or basically free, or sometimes you'll have some kind of little, uh, uh, you know, you'd have a little deal with the, the meeting planner and you'll get paid a percentage of whatever whatever happens when they get you on stage. So um, there's just a lot of ways that you can go about this. But what, to your point, it's really great to be clear before you get on stage, before you get down there and you don't want to rearrange your life and then find out that, oh, hey, there was a misunderstanding to the point I don't even want to do this. You know, that that's mm -hmm. like the worst case scenario. Sure, sure. And, and part of the being clear about honorariums is not just that you know what you will be compensated for an event, but you also have to think about what's your ultimate outcome, which this could turn into an entire training course on its own, is are you looking to earn an income because you are paid to speak, you know, only paid to speak, or is speaking the door that uh, swings open to these audiences that you build relationships with and they become clients? Uh, so if, if you have a consulting business, 
the speaking event, yes, you want to be compensated for it, but boy, nothing promotes you and your business more than being in front of an audience. That's that's a different scenario than a dentist who may be taking a day out of uh, his or her practice to go to a meeting, or maybe two days, right, if it's on the other side of the country, to go and speak when, you know, they still have a lot of their overhead to cover. So there's there's a You'll know that number when you hit it. Um, it's probably not the not the best thing for us to tell you, but I I would say to anybody that's getting started, I'd be less concerned about how much you're making per event on the front end. You you do a couple of events, you get some great testimonials, and then that allows you to build on your honorarium from there. Absolutely, and yeah, don't forget about. It. I mean, I it's a three day deal, so. So you're taking, uh, if you're doing an event somewhere, you're pretty much taking away three days from either your practice or your family time. Uh, even if you can get there and get back in two days, let's say, you're going to be so tired that third day. It's a three-day deal. Just know that you're giving away three days of your time. And if you are looking to be compensated fairly, you need to consider that on the front end. Mm -hmm. And so I would also lead into, it's kind of funny because I'm going to say that this next, not having a speaker website or speaker promotional materials, how you come across to the meeting planners, which a lot of honorarium has to do with your budget. But if you come across like you've got your act together, you've done this many times before, you are ready, you're going to be able to justify a higher honorarium than someone who, let's say, doesn't even have any online presence at all that they're a speaker. So, you know, for example, whether you're a dental consultant of some sort, like myself, a management consultant, or a dentist, like Dr. Griffin, or maybe you're a, a hygienist or an office manager, so your picture may be on a website. Meeting planners get bombarded, just like we as consumers get bombarded by messages, right? I mean, if we go in the grocery store, there's an advertisement for a plumber or a dentist on the shopping cart. We turn on the radio, there's another commercial. So meeting planners are continuously being marketed to. The harder that they have to dig and look for your information, the less likely you are to get their attention in the first place or capture their attention. So uh, whenever anyone approaches me and says, hey, you know, do you have any tips? How can I get more bookings to speak? If I have an opportunity beforehand, I may stalk them a little bit, see if I can find them. In other words, if I was a meeting planner and I heard their name, if I heard the name Penny Reed or Chris Griffin, how easy would it be for me to pick up my smartphone and find them and see what it is that they talk about? So building that presence I think it's huge. Uh, Chris, any any more uh, thoughts on that that I may have missed? Well, no. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The thing about being a meeting planner is it's weird because uh, the people that, that really pester you, uh, a lot of times they don't have their act together. You know, if they're, if people, let's say someone's really pestering me to uh, to let them to talk to me. You see, you know, when they talk to you, they're going to want to speak on your stage or do something with you. So before I'll ever talk to them, you know, you're exactly right. I'm going to be Googling and finding out everything that I can find out about this person. And uh, what I mean, it's more than not even more than once. It's more than half the time I look and see what I see online. It tells me I do not want to call this person back or no, do not let this person through to me because 
you know, you just know it's going to be a bad deal. You can just about tell from looking. Uh, you can certainly tell by looking at their references or where they've spoken, stuff like that. Um, you know, this, this segues nicely, though, into the sixth mistake, which is sitting out there and thinking that associations and meeting planners are going to find you. So, it, it, you know, I thought, let me tell you something, what I thought, Penny, and let me tell you how crazy I am. So I thought, <laughs> I thought when, uh, I thought when I had this, had an event with 225 attendees, I was a primary speaker. I thought, okay, this is going to be so, you know, known in the, in the community, you know, the phone's going to be ringing off the hook and the phone rings off the hook for a few days, maybe after an event like that. But then guess what? If you don't do anything, it's totally dead. I thought when I got an article published in Dental Economics before Dental Economics sort of became what it is now, back when it was by far the most respected business magazine in dentistry, I thought phone's going to ring off the hook. I'm going to get speak like I'm going to get speaking uh, booked like crazy. This I'm fi I finally made it. So for a couple mm -hmm. of weeks after that article hits, the phone rings a little bit, and then guess what? It dies again. Uh, then I thought, okay, a Howard Friend did a podcast with Howard Friend, which you've actually done, right, Penny? Yes, I have. Yeah, so I thought, okay, I forget, I think I was number 13 or something like that. I thought, okay, I've done a podcast with Howard Friend. Uh, we've had nearly a thousand downloads. I finally made the big time. It's going to hit. Phone has rung a few times from that, more than anything else I've done like this. But for the most part, if you were trying to make a living off the people that have called me from that podcast, it'd be kind of tough. And, and I guess finally, I did a video course for Dentaltown. You know, it was listed in the magazine as the number two, uh, the number two overall course for 2014 and also uh, the quickest course they've ever done to 100 downloads. So I said, OK, I finally made it. The phone's going to ring off the hook. Nope, not not quite any phone calls off that, right? It's crazy. And so the truth is you have to learn the mechanism by which to reach out and grab the attention of the person that's booking the meeting, the meeting planner or the seminar director or the association leader or the association secretary. There's, a, there's really a science to this that most people just don't understand, and that's why they get discouraged. Uh, the stuff, all, if you just, you could really build an, a very impressive wall of things that Penny and I have done. But if Penny and I stopped promoting ourselves tomorrow, I would dare say the phone would ring for a little while and then it would trickle off nothing, right? Mm hmm. A absolutely. So, yeah. So that, I mean, that's, that's the whole deal. So it's tough. So, you know, I mean, Penny talked about uh, you need a website, of course. Um, you need, there's a lot of things. You need what they call a one page. You need a good, nice, well laid out description of a course online of, of what you can do. An easy way to download a speaker packet. That's a very important thing to do. Um, but just as I think for now, it's good enough to understand, yes, it's good to do these things to get noticed. But when you have a small modicum of success, don't just think, okay, the phone's going to ring off hook. I can stop promoting myself now. Unfortunately, because a lot of dentists out there, me included, 
we're kind of wallflowers, you know, we're a little bit shy. We hate to talk about ourselves. Unfortunately, if you want to succeed in this business, you kind of got to put yourself out there and not in a bad way. You just have to kind of know the formula so you can reach out and touch these people. I think that's so true. Yes, if, if you're the type that thinks that only your mama should be the one that's allowed to talk good about you, then most people aren't going to know that you're uh, out there and available. So uh, tagging on to mistake number six uh, would be, uh, and, and you touched on this a little bit, uh, mistake number seven, not marketing their programs. And I might even say not aggressively marketing your programs. And this has been a huge aha uh -huh, uh, for me really even over the last six months prior to, I think this may have been what led to Chris when we had our phone call about, hey, what, what's something fun that we could do for other dental professionals uh, that would really help them move along in their careers, you know, kind of a way to, to share what we've learned and shorten the learning curve. Uh, and so mistake number seven, not marketing their programs. I have to brag on my team. I really, I guess, Probably just started about 12 months ago, and, and I'm a huge believer in coaching, uh, and, and I guess that's why, I, you know, at, at some level I do business coaching. That's why uh, Dr. Griffin does it as well. But um, we began as a team to work on looking, you know, it's okay, we have these programs. We know that the more people that know about us and, and that know about my programs, the more that we'll get, you know, the more bookings that we'll get. And so we began to do some some of our own research, right? We rolled up our sleeves, we we networked, right? Good old relationship skills, looked to see who our contacts were, and we began to make, you know, not by using a speakers bureau. I mean, this is my my team, which my team is awesome, um, and they truly believe and are enthusiastic about my programs, which is one of the reasons why I think this works so well. So much so, and it's just kind of funny that it happened today, but awesome at the same time. Um, it in the Well, today, booked, confirmed one event and another one tentative uh, that will solidify the date on tomorrow. And, and we booked three events last week. Now, I've talked with some other uh, speakers, you know, in our industry, and, and they've been telling me that their bookings have slowed down a little bit. And I said, well, ours have picked up, and the exact reason is we realized that just because we're listed in a certain directory, I mean, I'm a member of National Speakers Association, love NSA. Uh, I think that anyone that's looking to build a career in, in speaking in any industry uh, should definitely look into NSA. But being a member of that professional association or uh, any other professional association or listing does not guarantee that you're going to get phone calls from that. Um, what we have found is, yes, through word of mouth or people being in the audience and, and hearing me, that's really been helpful. Uh, but those outbound marketing efforts uh, through phone contacts, email contacts, uh, and just consistent follow-up has, has worked wonders. Well, that was a that was quite a long one. I do apologize for taking a little bit longer than usual, guys. But I thought this was a really powerful show. If this is something you're into, 
Uh, and if it is something you're into, Penny and I actually have decided to develop a course together. We're actually offering a really nice uh, seven-week course where we're going to actually take a handful of people and train them through the process to get them on stage and get them to be in a dental speaker in whatever field that they would like to be. It's a really cool process. If you would like to hear about the course, about the, the other training we're offering, I'm not going to make you listen to it here or anything, but I've set up a web page at dentalspeakercourse.com. That's www.dentalspeakercourse.com. You can go there. You can listen to Penny and I talk about the course. And if you're interested, you can sign up. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really awesome. But if you do want to get in on that, at least on this first group, the beta group, you need to hurry up and go there to dentalspeakercourse.com and uh, sign up. Okay. All right, everybody. Well, thank y'all so much for listening. We love doing this show. We love doing it for you. Um, can't wait to see you next week where we go dive into a topic. I promise next week is going to be more about just plain old dentistry, okay? So uh, if you like dentistry stuff, hang on to next week. All right, we will see you next time. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. Be sure to visit drchrisgriffin.com for the latest resources and updates to keep you more productive every single day you're at the practice. So when you're not working, you can do the things that matter most in life. We look forward to having you join us for another episode of The Chris Griffin Show, where the doctor is always in. Always in.